The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. This is the story of Harry's. For decades, one big razor company has relentlessly increased prices and reaped immense profits at the expense of its customers. Then one day, an ordinary guy got ripped off buying razors. He was so fed up that he and his best friend started a company to fix shaving. They called it Harry's. By taking less profit and selling online, Harry's can offer quality blades for less. You can even get Harry's 5-blade razor and shave gel for free when you sign up. Just cover shipping. Click or go to harrys.com and enter code RAZOR at checkout. That's RAZOR, R-A-Z-O-R. Prospect Podcast, Clay Link alongside lead prospect writer James Anderson. Give James a follow at Anderson. I'm at Clay W. Link. Shout out to New Day for the song Comb Over, the intro song we're using this season. James going to be focusing on your Texas League Hitters Roundup, your latest Farm Futures piece. Also grading out Capadonna on the 20 to 80 scale. Uh, some 20s getting thrown out later today, but... I want to start first with the first player you discuss in your latest column, rotowire.com slash podcast for a free 10-day trial. Alex Bregman, obviously off to a great start with AA Corpus Christi. And GM Jeff Lunau's words from last week after Bregman, or I think it was right before Bregman, made his debut at third base for AA Corpus Christi. Really interesting. Quote, he's exceeded my expectations, which were high. For him this season, and I think he's put himself into consideration to, quite frankly, maybe help our club this year, end quote. So, you know, I thought that just the fact that they're acknowledging that he could make it up this year is definitely interesting. Yeah, I, it's it's definitely interesting. I don't really usually care if a GM acknowledges or doesn't acknowledge that because you can kind of just tell <laughs> based on how the player's playing whether or not that they're uh, a legitimate option for later in the year. But in Bregman's case, I mean, that just kind of gives a – a ringing sort of endorsement of what we were all kind of already thinking. And 
yeah, it's the the power is probably what he's talking about there, and and the approach. I mean, the approach has been kind of insane, but the the power definitely didn't really see this kind of being where he would be at in that department. Nine homers in just twenty six games. That's just ridiculous for a five eleven middle infielder. Um, you mentioned the approach. I mean, fifteen walks and nine Ks. Yeah, I mean he he. Incredible. Honestly, like just <laughs> he should probably be getting challenged in the big leagues like right now. Like I mean, it's it's pretty insane what he's doing and, you know, obviously they don't have a place to put him. Yeah, they're still kind of working on third base with him in the minor leagues, but uh everything's kind of shaping up for him to find his way up in in the second half at least and you know, I don't know how much of this success is going to carry over against big league pitching. But he's he's definitely a guy to have on your radar. Yeah, the, the power is definitely intriguing, and somebody that I, I feel like in AL only twelve team AL only, where you're starting, you know, still fourteen hitters, nine pitchers. He's somebody that should be stashed in mixed leagues. You know, the question is if he will get the call in time to to pay off as a long term stash, and I kind of doubt it. But uh, I could see maybe in like our seventeen, eighteen team staff leagues, maybe uh, if you're kind of kind of hitting a rough stretch, maybe bottom half of the standings, taking a flyer on a guy like that for a one or zero dollar bid. Uh, but with uh, with the Astros, of course, they brought up Colin Moran and Tony Kemp this week. Moran seems like, you know, given the lack of production they've gotten out of the third base spot, a pretty decent bet for playing time in the short term. What are your expectations for Moran now that he's up? I think he either carves out a role as like a, a middling third baseman when when you take everything into account or he kind of flops and shows that he just doesn't bring enough to the table to offset the fact that he's not going to hit for much power you know he's this all was kind of one big move in my opinion with with moving Bregman the third because he's going to be up at triple a probably I mean in a matter of days maybe not even weeks like he's going to be up there very soon and they needed to uh, to open up third base for him at AAA and to do that they they pushed Moran to the big leagues which I think is fair it gives him a legitimate chance to stake his claim to that job uh, rather than just being you know passed by by Bregman in in the organizational kind of depth chart there so this this is going to allow Bregman to get to AAA in a hurry it's also going to give, give Moran a chance to really kind of cling on to that job for, for a good chunk of time here if, if he hits well enough. And, you know, he's got a what I think a lot of people would say is a borderline plus hit tool. And, you know, the power hasn't really shown itself yet. But if he can hit 270, 280, I think that that might be enough to just keep him in the lineup uh, going forward here because this is a team kind of in desperate need of – you know, guys getting on base, guys hitting for average. It's it's kind of been, you know, a lot of people kind of sitting around waiting for the long ball with this team. And I think if Moran can be that high betting average guy, then he would definitely have a place in this lineup. Uh, you know, the other other guy that got the call, Tony Kemp, I actually kind of like him more than Moran as as just a baseball player. Like if I, I'd love to have Tony Kemp on my team if I was a GM. He's just, you know, the the makeups off the charts. He can play all over the all over the diamond. He can play second base. He can play all the outfield spots. Excellent pinch runner. Just really good to have in your clubhouse. But it's going to be interesting to kind of see if he can prove that he's more than a utility player. I think that I actually have a one dollar bid on him, and just as a backup bid in our stake league, which is definitely a hashtag buyer bid, but. You know he's he's not a guy that I hope to end up with, but I there's definitely a guy on my roster I'd drop for him if if that if it came to that just because I think he's a guy that's going to hit for a high average no matter what he's going to get on base at a high clip no matter what and he's going to steal bases because he's going to be put on as a pinch runner to do just that. So uh, Kemp's a guy that I don't mind adding in really deep leagues in the short term. I actually kind of like him a little bit more than Moran just because I think the the counting stats are going to be there maybe in a way that they won't with Moran. But uh, definitely kind of a, a nice luxury to have if you're Houston to just quickly dip into AAA, pull up some interesting young hitters, and, and kind of see if they can turn things around for you. Yeah, when they've gotten off to that kind of start, uh, no reason not to bring up those young guys and maybe hope to give yourself a bit of a shot in the arm there. I want to ask you just real quick about Kemp because he, he just cracked your, your top 200 just barely uh, in your most recent update. 
Uh, he said he'll, he'll hit at a high clip, get on base at a high clip, uh, steal bases. But is the, that ranking because, like you said, too, that yeah. just that uncertainty as far as if he's more than a platoon player? I kind of just wanted – Utility player? Yeah, I just kind of wanted – I just like him so much that I wanted him to be in there. You know, I think – Everything anyone's saying about him right now as to why he can't be a big league regular is the exact same stuff that people were saying about Jose Altuve back when he first debuted. And a lot of that's because they're both extremely short. Kemp's 5'6". But I I just think until a guy proves that he can't do something, I'm not going to just immediately say he can't because of the the body. And maybe that's that's what's going to get me into trouble maybe with a guy like Grimal Tapia where I'm just I'm not willing to write him off because of any kind of physical issues until he proves that he can't hit uh, upper level pitching uh, Kemp kind of the same way I mean I, I think a lot of t- he would have been in the big leagues getting a chance to play every day on like a third of the teams in Major League Baseball mm-hmm. it's just the fact they have Altuve and they have Carlos Correa up the middle, so they had to transition him to the outfield this year just to kind of get him on the field for the big league club because he's a guy that's that's kind of paid his dues and then some in the minor leagues. Uh, just going to be very interesting to see if he can play good enough outfield defense and bring the his success at the plate in the minor leagues up to the big league level because if he does, I think there is a, a chance that he could kind of ride out like a four or five start a week type of role for them uh, the rest of the season just given how bad everyone else has been. Yeah, definitely. I think that's very interesting. Just real, real quick, final thing on Bregman. Um, I had a user or a, a reader ask on my fab column, you know, if I preferred Bregman versus Tim Anderson this season and long term, and you have Tim Anderson, you know, about uh, 11 spots higher and, well, maybe not quite that high. Um, actually, only six spots higher than Bregman right now. I, I said, you know, I just – that approach Bregman has is so nice. I said, you know, I'd maybe lean Bregman, but Tim Anderson uh, now up to 300 down at AAA after a really, really rough start, and he's got nine stolen bases and, and 12 attempts. Um, I, I still take it that you're you like Anderson more for fantasy long term, but do you think maybe uh, there's a chance Bregman beats beats Anderson in the majors? I would still bet on Anderson there because, you know, he's already at Triple A. He's already played thirty six games at Triple A. They're both twenty two, I believe. Uh, the White Sox have kind of a more pressing need, I think, at shortstop, mm-hmm. and they're they're a team that's kind of trying to win now as well. I'd still bet on Anderson there, and you know, obviously, I stand by my rankings. I like, like Anderson more long term for reasons we've we've touched on in the past but you know I, I buy into his speed more than I buy into any one tool of Bregman's other than Bregman's hit tool and his on-base ability and I think while Bregman is much better than Anderson in terms of getting on base and we care about that to some extent and obviously in real life that matters a ton I don't really think their hit tools are that far off I think they could both kind of hit for a similar average and you know, I, I think that they're it's it's easy to get really caught up in a guy like Bregman because he's new and he's off to this crazy hot start. Anderson's got a ton of minor league uh, at bats under his belt where he's been producing like this for a long time, and they're the same age. So I think people can get a little too caught up in what's what's new and what what's kind of exciting, and that's definitely Bregman. But Anderson's definitely kind of proven it at, at every stop so far and I, I'm not really willing to downgrade him that far just yet yeah I'm probably in that boat of guys just maybe you know seeing what Bregman's doing at that level uh and then the power he's flashing to maybe getting a little caught up uh, but Anderson yeah still really nice prospect of course and I think too with him that speed is you know we see speed continue to drop off and a lot of the, the speed guys who were bought like Ben Revere Billy Hamilton not doing much of anything so if if Anderson's able to hit like a 280 clip and steal bases I mean that's that's a really really valuable asset in fantasy uh yeah window to buy buy low on him though definitely shut with that average now at at 300 but let's move on to Lewis Brinson he's not off kind of at the polar uh end of of what Bregman's doing right now 
221 as of the writing of this article. Looks like he is now up at 230, 280, uh, 434. But, you know, with him, still a lot, lot to like. What are the issues maybe he's having right now at that level? Uh, he's he's not walking as much as he had at, at some recent prior stops. Uh, although, you know, I don't think that was ever really expected to be a big part of his game. He's gotten kind of unlucky on, on balls in play, too. Uh, I still really, really like Lewis Brinson. He's just turned 22. He can handle the best pitching in that league. I mean, this isn't a, an issue of him being super overmatched at the plate. I, I just think it's kind of one of those shaky starts but if you if you dig a little deeper there's still plenty to like you know four homers uh definitely uh kind of keeping up where he where he left off last year in that department you know this is a guy with a lot of projectable power hasn't always shown up in games but if if he keeps going at this pace his end of season numbers are going to look really solid his his steals are there uh just would like to see that on base creep up a little bit. I think that will as as his his luck on balls in play kind of normalizes here. And I I will kind of admit that you know before the year I thought Brinson would probably be up sometime this summer for the Rangers. I I would probably retract that now. I think that you can kind of see what's what's going on at the big league level with Ian Desmond playing some center field. Uh, they're they're probably gonna be able to get by with what they have up there and and just kind of take this full season to, to let Brinson continue to further develop and then he might uh, just jump right in early next season into that that center field role for them yeah definitely and this is an interesting team uh given what they have at the major league level and it's still in the minors with guys like Brinson and Joey Gallo uh Jerks and Profar and others but uh it's good to hear that Mazzara I mean we didn't think he was going anywhere but pretty much confirmed that he's He's not going down. He's going to left field uh, when, when Shinsu choose back, so that's good. What about – is Gallo still in the DL at round run? I know he was ahead of schedule last I looked, um, which is good, obviously. I mean, he he was doing kind of what everyone sort of expected before he got hurt there. Uh, still on the DL, yeah, it looks like. So, I mean, he should be back any day. Any day now, barring I don't, I don't know if he's had a setback or anything, but it, last I checked, he was ahead of schedule of that, so should be back here in the coming days. But um, still, not not a guy that I'm really expecting to see a ton of big league action this year, barring an injury. Yeah, I think that's wise uh, to suggest. Well, Brinson, maybe there's a window to buy low a little bit on him. I think yeah. a guy that's that's kind of well, yeah. yeah, that's kind of a theme sort of throughout this article. Yeah, and I was gonna say another guy who. You can, I think you'd really maybe have some success, at least uh, if you test the waters with and maybe see what the price is on, on Franklin Barreto. Mm-hmm. Because at Midland, he's he's struggling a bit. 230, 282, uh, 324, so more than a little bit. And uh, 37, or I'm sorry, 34 strikeouts to only seven walks, three homers. Uh, but he is stealing bases, which is an encouraging sign. Strikeouts are up to, you know, over 22%, but. Yeah, still very young. Are you losing much hope, if any at all, with, with Barreto? Well, I think we can pretty much completely eliminate the idea of him being up this year, which I think we both sort of thought was a an outside was an, an outside, yeah, outside an outside chance. chance that he could really take off this year and uh, force the A's hand. That's not going to happen, but. You know, it's it's not like he's striking out at a crazy high clip. It's not like his tools have really regressed. I mean, he hit 13 homers in 90 games at high A last year as a 19-year-old. He's got three at double A this year as a 20-year-old. Both Brinson and Bregman, who we both talked about, they're 22. Barreto's just 20. Uh, you know, the stolen bases, like you said, are back to his Toronto levels, so that's very encouraging. So I, I'm, I'm kind of keeping Barreto... You know, I knocked him. It's not like I knocked him down. Like, oh, got to knock him down. But it, there were there were some guys behind him that I had to move up ahead of him in the last the last rankings. You know, like guys like Swanson and Bregman. But I, I'm not. If I'm a Barreto owner, the last thing I'm doing is selling. Yeah. And if I'm if I'm looking for to, to kind of bolster my my farm system in a dynasty league, Barreto's probably one of the first guys that I'm calling about. Yeah, you know, in our staff keeper league too, it's 
you know, you're off to a big old lead, and Beretta's one of the f- the final minor league valuable minor league chips that I have. I've made some win now moves as well. Traded Julio Urias, uh, somebody else. Oh, Joe Marais too. But Bredo, because he's you know struggling a bit, even though he is one of my few minor league chips that I could you know flip to get a, a piece that would help me now. I'm just hesitant to do that because I know I won't be able to get as much as as I can maybe later this summer. So uh, yeah, definitely don't want to be selling him, but definitely test the waters if you're in a keeper league because. I still like him quite a bit. Yeah, what he did in the power department as a 19-year-old last year, and that was before he had a forearm injury. Mm-hmm. So I really think there's, there's quite a bit to like. Let's talk about Alex Verdugo uh, at Tulsa right now. He's off to a pretty nice start, 269. Uh, I'm looking at these numbers from a couple of days ago. He's actually up to 293 now, 344, 464. He's a player that you know kind of gets lost in what's a deep, deep Dodgers system. What are the tools looking like for Verdugo? I just love this guy. He's, I mean, he he gets so kind of underrated and and buried almost on on some prospect lists. And we just talked about how don't don't panic about Barreto. You know, he's he's struggling, but he's twenty and he's at Double A. Well, Verdugo's twenty and he's at Double A and he's hitting two ninety three with six <laughs> homers and he's striking out less than eighteen percent of the time. I mean. This guy's hit tools, just one of the best in the minors. Uh, a lot of people, like people that are sort of Verdugo naysayers or might tell you to pump the brakes on him, will say that maybe the, the power's not going to be all that exciting and the speed's not going to be all that exciting. But for for a guy that's six feet, 200 pounds, a guy, that, a guy with that kind of bat-to-ball ability, I'm always going to leave the door open that the power kind of out outshines what everyone's expecting and you know to have six homers through 37 games at double a really kind of speaks to that i mean for a 20 year old even if he just finished the year with like 10 homers i'd be optimistic about his power potential long term but Mm -hmm. you know he might finish the year with 20 homers in which case you're looking at a guy that could challenge for uh you know might even be a borderline top 10 guy going into next year yeah and it's really impressive what he's doing especially when compared to another 20 year old with the Tulsa affiliate Cody Bellinger, he's only batting 175, 278, 286, but he did have 30 homers last year at high A. Um, I drafted Bellinger in, in our keeper league, and you know I know it's going to be a while, but what what is the upside with Bellinger? Uh, he's just a kind of boomer bust first base prospect where he can't really is he going to be an option anywhere else? Uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe left field. I mean, he's, he's not a huge guy, but, uh, at six, four, he's kind of, kind of lanky. Um, I, I think that the, it's all going to come down to how much contact he makes, you know, that, that, uh, 30 homer year, obviously put him on the map, but the conditions that sort of allowed that 30 homer year to take place need to be factored in, mm-hmm. uh, really kind of a wait and see guy for me i mean you obviously have to roster him in, in deeper dynasty leagues because of the power potential but i i think I'd, I'd pump the brakes on expecting him to be a regular it could happen but i think that there's you know that you could say that about a bunch of first base prospects with a ton of power in the minor leagues i mean he's just one of one of many with with a lot of power and a lot of swing and miss going on yeah i think you know that system is just stacked i, I think one of the more more fun systems, obviously, to monitor given the caliber of the talent there. But there are also, you know, some some bust, some players with bust potential uh, in that system as well. But uh, let's move on to Raul Mondesi because he got, of course, busted for a positive PED test. Was flashing some power before that. Five homers, uh, four sixty two slugging percentage, eleven for twelve in stolen base attempts. I think you were maybe a little lower on him than, than some coming into the year uh and with the ped suspension are you kind of maybe discounting what he, what he did before that uh not really i just i don't that's not really how i react to these kinds of suspensions i don't think you can just immediately say well gotta gotta just assume he sucks because he was on peds like first of all like he, his was just a very unique situation i don't even know if this has ever happened before uh, I think it's like where where the MLB it was originally eighty games and they uh, 
knocked it down to 50 because he made a convincing case that it was an honest mistake. It was like a cough medicine that he got in the Dominican Republic that had the 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 PED component in it. So you could even make a case if you want to be super optimistic and maybe have your head in the sand a little bit that he wasn't on any PEDs. But even if he was, like tons of guys are on PEDs and they're never going to get caught because a lot of the guys get caught just kind of do something stupid or make a mistake. Like Mm -hmm. Mondesi could easily just get back on PEDs and not get caught again and be fine. You know, it's it's not uh, an immediate like, oh, he's going to suck now. And also just the the steps that he did make in the power department. That was kind of what a lot of people were sort of waiting for is when's when's the power going to start to show up in games? Well, it was definitely showing up in games before that suspension. And uh, to me, the bigger concern here is, is the hit tool ever going to fully develop the way that a lot of people kind of expected it to? And, you know, he's he's a guy that I think, you know, the, the Royals can pick up Alcides Escobar, a, a team option on him for next year. I think they're going to do that just to bridge the gap to Mondesi and, and kind of hand it over to Mondesi in 2018. Uh I think the the counting stats should be there. I think the speed, you know, 11 for 12 on steals, got the five homers in, in just over 100 at bats. I think I think you could be looking at like a 2020 guy at the big league level at shortstop, which is awesome. And we <laughs> saw Ian Desmond was able to be like a top 25 pick putting up 2020 at shortstop. But I think you could also see that come with like a 230 average. Maybe <laughs> that might even be kind of – what you're sort of hoping for year in year out after he kind of uh, shows you where his sort of baseline is. So it's, it's going to take kind of a, an opportunistic owner or a creative owner to kind of make that 230 batting average work at, at shortstop and, and to take advantage of those counting sets that could come with it. Now he could obviously, he's still really young. He could obviously take a step forward with the hit tool and, if he does that, then you're looking at a, a guy that could be, you know, top five, top 10 fantasy guy at the position. So that just, I, I think this has to be considered even with the positive PED test, a a positive first half of the season for Mondesi, even though I know not many people are going to frame it that way. To me, it is because the power finally started to show up in games. wonder if he was just whipping up some lean coughs, <laughs> and then he got busted. That'd be a performance you know, deteriorating <laughs> drug. That's a uh, post. That's a post game drug. <laughs> yeah, it needs. Well, I think he, no, he is on the forty man. So uh, go to some other <laughs> recreational drugs. Yeah, move down. Move down. Move up the. Or <laughs> would it be up the spectrum? Down the spectrum? <laughs> Probably down. But I don't know. <laughs> I just yeah. That's that's interesting. That yeah, because I feel like you know you say that this isn't really changing your your view of him whatsoever. You know, you're not saying you're not writing off uh, by any means. Uh, what he did before the suspension, but I feel like among the players we've discussed, he's the guy that you could probably ha- be had. Oh, sure. Uh, in dynasty leagues, at the biggest discount. Yeah, I think, and it's he's still not a top fifty guy for me because of the the questions about the hit tool. So, like, don't go rush out from in your your shallow leagues and think that you're being smart and getting him at a discount. But in in yeah, in deeper leagues, I'd love to to pick up Mondesi if I was rebuilding. Derek Fisher uh, in the Astros organization, he was. A name that was originally reported as part of the Ken Giles trade, mm. but he ended up sticking in the organization. Uh, and it looks like that was a wise move of the Astros to hold on to him. Because I, don't, I don't think it was their move. I think it was the, the Phillies, Phillies wanting, had their pick of they Appel Appel. and Fisher. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah, that, I, I mean, obviously the Phillies have won that trade regardless, but uh, that's looking like a bad choice there. But Fisher, 254 at the time of, of writing this. Uh, numbers look like uh, identical to to where they were when you did write this, but eight homers, two triples, seven doubles, uh, twenty one walks, and one hundred thirty at bats. Efficiency on the base paths leaves something to be desired. Four for eight, but is Fisher's stock trending up considerably for you? I don't think so. I think it's just kind of where it's always been. You know, this is a guy whose on base skills are pretty unquestioned i think he, he'll definitely fit in as like a fourth outfielder somewhere as kind of a worst case scenario but you know he's gonna have to he's gonna probably end up in a corner probably left field to be honest and at that point you gotta really hit you know mm-hmm. two if you're gonna hit 250 or 260 you better bring you know like chris davis level power in order for that to 
be kind of an everyday role that that's going to play for most teams. And with the steep, with the speed kind of appearing to sort of take a step back after he stole 23 bases last year, you know, that's a, that's another minor concern. I mean, if he's not offering much on the bases and he's only offering like 20 homer power, Mm -hmm. then that really puts a lot of pressure on the hit tool. So to me, he's, he's always kind of been, a guy that you you knew that there was like legitimate upside maybe even five category potential if everything sort of clicked for him and he's still 22 years old so I think that that could still happen but you should have always known with Fisher that he might just not have not end up being a big league regular so that that definitely still remains in play yeah I think he's yeah that's wise to to point out that the you know, there's going to be a lot more pressure on him to hit if he's not running, at least in terms of maintaining uh, really high fantasy value once he reaches the majors. But I think still a player that's interesting. I haven't seen what Appel's done. He's just he's kind of just been the normal Appel, just like just kind of up and down. Yeah, I think he's got like a one four three whip right now, and Ooh. ERA's under four, almost a strikeout per inning, but still just kind of to me kind of a, an innings eater at the big league level. Yeah, well, we'll move on. We we talked about Lewis Brinson and some others in that that Rangers organization. You say here that it's Ryan Cordell's world. It is living in it. I mean, what he's doing at Frisco is pretty, pretty incredible. Three fifty three, four hundred one, six ninety nine, ten homers in thirty six games. You know, again, like with some in the the Dodgers organization, maybe easy to look overlook Cordell given what the Rangers have. Uh, but what what is he bringing to the table long term? Well, he's he's just a really he's kind of a badass because you know last year he was playing a ton of shortstop and third base as well as some outfield. They've been kind of trying him out all over the place, but not like at the not like at first base and left field and stuff. Like he's been playing like the really tough positions, and I think they finally settled in as as him being an outfielder. He's played uh, pretty evenly at all three outfield spots so far at double a this year and for him to be showing this kind of power and also this kind of uh contact i mean last year in 56 games at double a struck out more than 30 percent of the time this year down to 22.4 percent the babips obviously you know 400 so don't don't read too much into that average but even if that sort of normalizes to like 320 330 still looking at a at a borderline 300 hitter favorable conditions but not crazy favorable not like pcl conditions for him so uh i think he's kind of starting to slowly shed the tag of you know util player i mean that's kind of what everyone thought when he was just playing all over the field that they were just kind of grooming a a super utility player but i mean if if the sticks playing like this then then he'll be someone that's going to force his way into the lineup on a, a pretty regular basis and that that versatility to kind of move all around does sort of help his case in that scenario uh 24 so he's he's definitely two years older than everybody else we've talked about at least uh, in the texas league so that's that's definitely one knock against him but uh yeah i still i i like him quite a bit he, he's he's, he's pretty boy. underrated six yeah. four almost 200 uh, Ryan Cordell sounds kind of like a cop name, but um, <laughs> sounds like he's he's more badass than than a lot of cops. But not a not a cop. Not a cop. That's good. <laughs> um, well, James, this is a great article, great work as always. But they, you mentioned uh, you talk about several other players. Anybody uh, on the rest of the article that you, you uh, mentioned? Yeah, I'd really quick, just want to talk about Harrison Bader. He's just absolutely murdering the league right now. And this is a guy that uh, the Cardinals got in the third round last year. I think a lot of people looked at what he did after getting drafted last year and just sort of wrote it off as, well, it's a college hitter taking advantage of low-level pitching. That should probably normalize when he when he gets to double A. It hasn't normalized at all. In fact, he's he's kind of doubled down and is, is even doing better this year at double A. He's a sneaky candidate to, to maybe – maybe sniff maybe sniff the majors this year like he you know double a if 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 his name was andrew benintendi with his numbers everyone would be like well when's benintendi coming up like mm-hmm. is he going to come up in july or august and it's harrison bader so you don't really hear about that but i mean he's he's more than hold, held his own 
and he's offering a little bit of everything offering some speed six steals seven homers uh just really kind of a gem in the third round for the cardinals last year so he's a guy that might have gone undrafted in some dynasty leagues this offseason who is certainly worth uh, picking up in leagues where 100 plus guys are rostered and then i don't did you get to see i, I mean this isn't a texas league guy but uh did you get to see any of the Mike Clevenger start at all yesterday? You know, no, I did not because, um, well, we hooped, then I got home, and it was already kind of late yeah. after I showered and whatnot. So he's a guy that I was definitely on the radar before the season, uh, but just given his age, I, I didn't want to put him on the top 200 uh, for the magazine, but he just was killing it so hard at triple a through seven starts that i that i put him on there in the latest update at around like 130 and i i think he's a guy to go out and and add in deeper leagues honestly i mean the the stuff is pretty legit his august august fagerstrom rich fangraphs tweeted out uh some kind of uh, comps pitch comps sort of based on the the spin and the movement and everything and uh you know, Taiwan Walker was was a very favorable comp for him on on his fastball changeup and curveball. The, the changeups particularly got a, got some really nice grades. And if you you watch any of that start, he really good at keeping the ball low. Had a had a really nice start going until the end there, and that that often happens with these guys' debuts. But I look at that Cleveland rotation. Not not a lot of guys you can count on at the back of that rotation right no. now. And I think Clevenger might honestly be the best. Uh, option they have for that that fifth spot here for the foreseeable future so I kind of you know Mickey Calloway's worked magic with guys like this before so don't don't just look at his age and assume that this is a non-prospect this is a guy with legitimate legitimate stuff mid-90s fastball solid off-speed stuff keeps the ball down I think he could be a guy that you can get in fab this week for for pretty cheap given how his first start if you just look at the numbers wasn't that great mm-hmm. uh, but could kind of pay off uh, down the road yeah definitely an interesting player somebody i imagine will be picked up tonight in uh, our stake league either by you or, or somebody else because pitching pretty hard to find in that league guys a couple quick words from our sponsors Do you need a website? Why not do it yourself with Wix.com? No matter what business you're in, Wix.com has something for you. Used by more than 84 million people worldwide, Wix.com makes it easy to get your website live today. You need to get the word out about your business. It all starts with a stunning website. With hundreds of designer-made, customizable templates to choose from, the drag-and-drop editor, there is no coding needed. You don't need to be a programmer or designer to create something beautiful. You can do it yourself with Wix.com. Wix.com empowers business owners to create their own professional websites every day. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy. Too busy. Too busy worrying about your budget. Too busy scheduling appointments. Too busy to build a website for your business. And because you're busy, it has to be easy. And that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix.com... It's easy and free. Go to wix.com to create your own website today. The result is stunning. And staring at your weekly fantasy opponent's lineup, have you ever thought, I would love to challenge just one of his players, not his entire team? Your fantasy sports service doesn't allow you that option, but now you can on the all-new No Halftime app. The No Halftime app allows you to create individual challenges using your players or teams. Instead of facing an entire fantasy team, you can pit Bryce Harper versus Mike Trout or Chris Davis versus Matt Kemp. Creating a challenge takes seconds, and accepting challenges is even easier. No halftime challenges can be private or public and created for the MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, PGA, and other sports. Real money and fantasy supremacy awaits you. And now you can also try no halftime for free with $0 challenges. Visit NoHalftime.com to download the No Halftime app for your iPhone or Android device. Receive a bonus by entering the promo code FIRSTBASE at signup. That's one word. Also, new users receive a free t-shirt when you make a deposit. No Halftime, where the fantasy sports season never takes a break. And as far as the 2016 first-year player draft, uh, 
we started prep for that. You and Jesse Siegel have started chipping away, and we'll have notes for mm-hmm. every player really drafted through the first four rounds going up in real time. Yeah, and yeah, I mean we're we're hoping to do it better than ever this year. I think yeah. uh, it's kind of an interesting draft. I mean that there are a couple, you know, Corey Ray's obviously the guy uh, outfielder out of Louisville that is going to be the first pick in dynasty league drafts next year. Just all all kind of bat, you know, the perfect perfect fantasy guy, five category guy. Uh, but there's you know obviously there's some some pitching and. Uh, some other high upside outfielders up near the top there, and then Delvin Perez, obviously rumored to be possibly the Brewers guy at number five. Hopefully, mm-hmm. he's still there for them. But uh, shortstop out Reds. of Puerto Rico. Who my Reds are eyeing up there? Probably. I feel like they're a, a Riley Pint team. Oh, no, <laughs> I don't know anything about them. I don't like that name. No. I, that, that was meant to be a diss. Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> uh, just be it based on that. High name, school, yeah. high school arm. You know, I mean. <laughs> Well, they did draft. <laughs> well, I, actually, I don't know. They, they seem to be all over the college arms lately. I, Nick I Howard. hate high school arms. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do too. But, uh, Nick Howard. Especially in that like, Nick Howard, second overall pick. Are we sure Nick Howard wasn't a high school arm? He <laughs> <laughs> might have been just a, a high school arm that somehow made it through a couple of years of college. But uh, that'll do it for the prospect portion of the podcast. Thanks for listening. We are going to grade out our latest hip-hop artist on the 20 to 80 scouting scale. Grading the five tools we've established for evaluating hip-hop artists, lyricism, flow, longevity, impact, swag, and then an overall grade. Don Don, Capadonna, grading him out today. We were talking about Johnny Cueto and just the amount of swag he exudes. And we wanted to go with the, with the swaggy artist, but we decided to go in the other direction. <laughs> we just kind of the, the table direction. just completely turned. Like <laughs> yeah. we were just both both kind of like reminiscing about how how cool Johnny Cueto is, and uh, I was like, man, we get a great a really swaggy rapper today. And then somehow, like I, I like I was throwing out Wu Tang guys at you, and I was like, well, I'd, I'd do Donna too if we want to just crap on Donna. And you're like, oh, your your ears perked up. You're like, oh hell yeah, yeah let's do yeah, that. let's just crap all over Donna <laughs> now th- he's had some moments uh like in triumph I twist darts from the heart tried and true loop my voice on the LP martini on the slang rock certified chatterbox but overall I mean even though he's been featured on some of my favorite records of all time there's very few standout moments for for Capadonna. no there's I think that's an understatement <laughs> that there's uh he's he's the type of person that comes on and you're just like ah oh, like and then you just kind of deal with it for 35 seconds and then hopefully someone else picks him up <laughs> see that's the thing though is I think in his mind which you know is not all that surprising but in his mind and maybe some others you know he's slept on he's not given the proper credit but look the body <laughs> of work speaks for itself and for yeah. lyricism, I got a thirty. He should be counting his blessings. Like, <laughs> yeah. talk about a a blessed man. Yeah, to get that to... is an all time. He must be like the hookup. <laughs> yeah, you know, he must yeah. be the Wu Tang's like weed hookup. Yeah, because I I can't think of any other reason why he'd be on all of the records. But look, lyricism thirty. You got a thirty five. Not much to say here. It's just um, every now and then he has something like kind of a clever rhyme, but the rhyme schemes are always terrible. Like sometimes he just never doesn't rhyme. Yeah, and it it's it's pretty bad. I'm I was so I I guess I was like kind of I gave him a thirty five just because I feel like the it's so hard to have a lyric come across as like that far below average like just on some of those songs because it's it's surrounded by so much goodness that it sort of gets picked up a little mm-hmm. bit. But uh, yeah, thirty five. I mean, definitely below average tool. And for flow we got even uh lower grades here i got a, i got a 20 look you got a 25 <laughs> and it's again i guess it has to do with the rhyme schemes. i'm gonna change it 20 there we go <laughs> okay dual let's, 20 let's agree gone. let's agree to agree here. yeah because look it's the flow it's like he's talking on the record and just not writing the beat it's like he's just he didn't even listen to the beat at all before for writing his lyrics it it is it's definitely like he's in the booth and he thinks he's being like like a badass and mm-hmm. swaggy on the mic and everyone else is just kind of like 
well, he's paying for this studio time, right? Like, not gonna, not even really worth it to go in there and tell him that his flow's all off. Let's just yeah. let him pump this out and we'll get out of here. It's like a spoken word, <laughs> like poetry jam or something. It is. It's a lot. It's a lot like that for yeah, sure. Yeah. You remove the beat, it's like a terrible <laughs> spoken word poetry. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, and I've never had a, a Donna solo record. No. Wow. Okay. Has anyone? <laughs> no, he, he has a greatest hits, believe it or not. I've I've actually seen that. I, it's I, insane I, like, to me. I did a I think I saw it at Best Buy one time and I picked it up and turned it around just so I could see how many songs made I was wondering if it was gonna be like five or six tracks, but I'm surprised it's not just all like features. Like it's not like all like well, Ghost and Ray songs. That would actually it. probably get bought good. by some yeah, people. Exactly. But I, yeah. I mean, what do you have? Like two solo albums, three solo albums? I mean you can't <laughs> You, need you can't at least five. have two solo yeah. albums and come out with the best of. Come on. Now, I, for longevity, I was pretty favorable here. I got a 45, you got a 30. The only reason I am going with this is because he continues to work with, with some of my favorite Wu members, and he's just still, you know, even a better tomorrow. He, he's lingering, lingering around. Uh, and his window for the, the other tools he has is, is kind of amazing. Again, I think it's because he's uh, the hookup. <laughs> just just to clarify again just, we just think that he around. gives the wu-tang clan <laughs> weed uh now i gave him a 30 because i don't i i i don't even really factor in what's going on with wu-tang like right now as like like i wouldn't include some recent stuff in terms of giving method man his longevity you know yeah, I, i'm not gonna really factor that in for for don i've kind of view him as a guy that uh, you know, Wu Tang Forever, uh, you know the the Ghost and Rake Ghost and Raekwon's first couple albums, and that yeah. that's kind of, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I guess he was on. I mean that that's sort of it for me. Is that that sort of late '90s is sort of where he kind of did the most damage, you know? And I mean that in a negative way. Like he <laughs> yeah. he he messed up the most awesome song sort yeah. of in that that late '90s run there. But even on like uh, what Iron Flag and um, eight, do you like eight diagrams? Because I actually do like. I think it's it. solid. I yeah. think it's pretty good. But even on there, he's ruining tracks. <laughs> but classic Donna, Impact. We both got twenties here. Well, I don't think anybody. Twenty twenties being pretty good. <laughs> yeah, there was negative impact, which there was with Luda. Yeah, the, yeah. with with Luda, it was negative impact because like it it. Ru- kind of ruined rap but <laughs> but with with donna it was a negative impact because he's just ruining tracks yeah, exactly. and not not ruining them per se i mean like Wu bang and triumph are still like classic tracks yeah. but like really you know kind just of marring. trying his best to, to pull them down yeah. a little bit probably turning some people off to wu-tang mm-hmm. like maybe somebody's first listening to wu-tang or ghost or ray uh, jamming a little bit at first, but mm-hmm. then Kappa comes on. It's like, all right, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm done with this. And yeah, no, no new age rappers are are modeling themselves after Donna, and nobody is. I don't think there's a single person in this world who would say Kappa Donna is my favorite favorite rapper. No, I think that's fair to say. Literally, nobody. Yeah, and even as his, we, even his family. <laughs> yeah, his family probably hates even his, his even music his as well. Swag again. Opposite of Cueto. Cueto's setting the bar at an 80 swag. Donna's on the other end, uh, pulling it down with an easy 20. Yes, yes. Easy easy 20 for him there. I mean, just the even just like the covers of his solo albums are just awful. Uh, who, who, in, who in MLB do you think can compete with Cueto's swag right now? Ooh, that's a good question. We both, I, I think I gave... Cap a twenty five, you gave him a thirty. By the way, but that that's enough yeah. Donna talking. Yeah, um, MLB comp, maybe like Chase Utley swag. Oh, oh, you were comping Capadonna's swag at the MLB yeah. level. Um, oh, did you mean I, like I overall? Asked, no, I asked you like oh, legitimately, okay. like who can compete with Cueto's swag? Right oh, now. with Cueto's swag. I'm sorry. Um, phew. Chase Utley. I like how Chase Utley. Maybe maybe Scooter Jeanette for Capitano's <laughs> yeah. swag. For swag comp. Um <laughs> for for Quato's swag comp. I feel like Felix is in that mix. Yeah, maybe Felix. Maybe Chapman. Chapman's mm-hmm. got some swag on. Dallin. Dallin, yeah. Nomar. Yeah. Nomar's <laughs> I mean his swag. Machado. 
Machado, yeah. But Cueto's just got a jolly swag. Cueto's just he's the he's having more fun than everyone and he lets you know it. Like it's it's Hopefully so like every time like he gets that third out, just takes the hat off immediately. Yeah. Does a little chubby guy <laughs> run to the He's to the his complete games are my favorite. Just because yeah. he just is so He's so satisfied with his accomplishment at the end of his at the end of his complete <laughs> yeah. games. And I love too when he does the like of course he has like the weird delivery, but do you ever see where he does like the little like hesitation move oh, and like rails back and forth? I feel like it's very easy to see right away how he might be the toughest guy to to, to square up in the bigs because yeah. it's it's never really the same. Like he'll change it up, change it up on you. Like yeah. once you think you kind of have it figured out. I mean, I I just love the dude so much. And you know, I don't have an Instagram account right now just because I don't care to, but I think I'm going to create one just to follow Johnny. Just have one follow, following one, <laughs> Johnny Quinto. Big Johnny, because some of those pics, and in, in the Giants account was tweeting some of them out, just all-timers. Him riding like a donkey, mm-hmm. him just chilling on a boat, chucking the deuce. Mm-hmm. I think there was one that was deleted with him holding like a 9 milli. Nice. <laughs> That'll do it for us, guys. Thank you for listening. Spore and Zola with you tomorrow. We'll see you next week. is the story of Harry's. For decades, one big razor company has relentlessly increased prices and reaped immense profits at the expense of its customers. Then one day, an ordinary guy got ripped off buying razors. He was so fed up that he and his best friend started a company to fix shaving. They called it Harry's. By taking less profit and selling online, Harry's can offer quality blades for less. You can even get Harry's 5-Blade Razor and Shave Gel for free when you sign up. Just cover shipping. Click or go to harrys.com and enter code RAZOR at checkout. That's RAZOR, R-A-Z-O-R. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.